Welcome to Ag Credit Set It, the podcast for farm newbies and seasoned professionals alike. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from across the agriculture industry to bring you insights, advice, and must-have information on all things rural living, from farming to finances and everything in between. So let's get to it. Welcome back to Ag Credit Set It. It's Brenna here with Libby, and we are located today in our Kenton office. And we have a very important and kind of last thing that's thought about on the farm. I yes, guess you I could agree say. with you on that. Yes, Brenna. Uh, we are going to be talking about farm marketing or branding for your farm. Um, and a lot of people think farm marketing and instantly think of crops, I think. And that's not what we're talking about no, today. We are not talking about the crops today. <laughs> Uh, however, I bet if Matt and Phil were here, we would be talking about the crops today. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think on the on the right over here, we saw a lot of crops coming up in the field, um, which is a good thing. It yes. seems like it's been a little bit of a rough spring in some areas. Yep. Very wet. Well, I'm very excited today, Brenna, because we have a very special guest with us today. Today, we have Stacy McCracken, who is the owner and founder of McCracken Co., an agricultural marketing and communications agency. Stacy is a graduate of The Ohio State University and started her agency in 2017. She is also a wife and a mother of three. So welcome to the podcast, Stacy. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really glad we're talking about farm branding and marketing because merchandising is not my expertise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yep. we don't want that people to get that confused with the farm marketing. Like, yeah, that's a different skill set. Very important, but a little bit different than what we're speaking about today. Yes, and also just along with the the farm marketing and branding, um, Stacy is the producer of our podcast. So this is even a more special special to have her on here to talk about this because I'm sure all of us here at Credit will take away some tips on this as well. <laughs> It's fun really to be on the other side. <laughs> Learning how to edit. Learning how to edit, yeah. <laughs> so, Stacy, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about, I mean, she gave you a little bio, but go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself. And Yeah, so I started McCracken Co. in 2017 because I wanted to provide an opportunity for people with agricultural backgrounds to help support agricultural companies with their communications and marketing. So everything from social media to websites to podcast editing, like we have the chance to do for you guys, we are really helping agricultural businesses grow success with their com their stakeholders. Sometimes you know their farmers or their dealer networks. We have a team throughout the U.S. and really are enjoying the opportunity to help bring out that farm story and make sure we continue to share what we do and how we do it and uh, why agriculture is so important. And the neat thing, too, about Stacy's business is she's here located locally in Ohio. Um, and that, that to me, means, means a lot to have somebody here local working with us. And that we went to college together to be working with somebody from college that is all over the United States with her, with her business is very exciting. Um, so when we talk about farm branding, can you just explain exactly what that is? 
Yeah. So when it comes to branding, many of us really think about brand identity. So the logos, your colors, your taglines, maybe how things appear on a website or in a trade show. But it's important to remember that branding goes so much farther than identity. We like to, at McCraft Co., use a branding methodology that was created by a strategist out in Singapore. And it brings together a Venn diagram. So if we can imagine three different circles, the first circle is the branding in your business. So like your visions, your goals, and your strategy. Then the next circle is the general brand identity. So where we think about positioning, messaging, logos, you know, all of those tangible pieces. And then the last part of your branding is actually the experience. So the customer interactions, how people um, feel and engage with you. And the reason why I think it's important for us to remember that branding is all those three different parts is because branding is really ultimately how people think of you. So when we think about, say, Chick-fil-A, maybe we think about their red logo or how they engage with the customer. You know, what what does a Chick-fil-A uh, server say after they hand you your food or you thank them? Do you guys know? <laughs> oh, man. Maybe you guys don't have Chick-fil-A's in, in this part of Ohio. <laughs> there is not uh, one in Marion. No. We have a lot of other things. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to get when I go to Columbus, but it's not in Shelby County, Ohio. But a Chick-fil-A server will always say, my pleasure. And that is a part of their brand identity. Or when you think about McDonald's, you know, maybe you think about the Golden Arches or some of us 90, 90s babies, we think about the play centers that they had mm -hmm. at the store and the Happy Meals with the toy. You know, it's bringing together the goals and the strategy. It's bringing together the customer experience and it's bringing together the logos, the taglines and all of those pieces. So when we think about branding our farm, we're really making the decision of how do we want people to remember us? How do we want to the, them to engage with us? What do we want them to think about when they think about us and our farm? That's farm branding. That makes complete sense. I don't know about you guys, but I know when I go to the store, I raise chickens. So this is really bad that I go to the store and I buy some certain cuts. But I, my husband and I, we do. And we, um, instead of buying like the Meyer brand, we buy this farmer focus brand. And it just made me think about, okay, I see that brand and I understand what they stand for. But that's not necessarily the reason why we're buying it. But it made me think about, okay, I bet you I can find them on Instagram. I can find them on Facebook or whatever because Meyer's not necessarily going to have a brand per se for that chicken, but this Farmer Focus actually does have this chicken, you know, and that, that brand and just knowing what they stand for. I mean, that clearly shows through that. So, um, yeah, branding is what separates us from a commodity or something that's yeah. general or generic. So when you think about the Kroger brand or the Meyer mm -hmm. brand or the Walmart brand of chicken, the only thing separating that chicken breast than the chicken breast with a different logo on it is the overall branding. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the separating point. You're exactly right. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You identify, like you're saying, certain things. It reminds me of those quizzes they put out online and they, like you, how fast can you identify these car, not logos, but the, uh, I guess, yeah, yeah I guess it yeah. would be the logo, but uh, you know, how quickly can you identify? Is that an infinity? Is that a GMC? Is that a Chevy mm -hmm. or is that a Ford? And, you know, Chevy and Ford are, and the deer <laughs> with John Deere and, you know, the case lettering. 
I think it, I mean, even the jingles, the radio stations that say, yeah. can mm-hmm. you guess what that jingle is? You know, like nationwide or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's all about <laughs> making it stick and you remember that stuff, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So what makes for great branding? So I think what makes for great branding is something that you deeply believe in. So for your branding to really stick and mean something to you, it's representing who you are, who your maybe your team is, who your farm is and what you guys stand for. So for it to really stand apart, we keep talking about a logo because that's a tangible part of branding. But what makes it so important is your pride is coming through or who you are is coming through. So when we think about maybe a corn farmer, maybe your branding has to do with how you keep your machinery or how you uh, keep your farm or your side ditches. Maybe your branding has something to do with the logo that you wear on your shirt or the logo that you have on your truck. It really comes down to how you want to represent yourself, and that's the internal pride and the work that you show up with. So that's why I think branding is so important. It's a personal representation of who you want to be and who you are. Very (laughs) classy. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's your brand. See? It's who you want. My farm name only has the text. Like, there's not Mm -hmm. a a livestock image or anything like that. It's just a fancy text of, you know, what it is. But it's a certain type of font. Yes. So, although there might not be a graphical piece to your logo, the fact that your name appears in a certain type font definitely makes it a logo. My logo. Explains your personality <laughs> through and through, Brenna. <laughs> Classy. Okay. I don't know, but <laughs> so talking about this, I can I can think that I know and I know you talked about how it is your identity. And I just feel like, you know, I think I think of my dad, you know, seven year old man listening to this saying, Okay, like how do I project my identity on my farm where I'm a grain farmer? You know, like what like mm-hmm. how how do you take how do you take it just for farmers thinking okay yeah I'm a grain farmer how how do I brand my farm why, why do I need to brand my farm what is what is what is, what is the what is the reasoning why I'm going to why I need to brand my farm yeah so first the reasoning behind why you would brand yourself goes back to the conversations we were having about the chicken you want to separate yourself from a generic or from a commodity you want to sell your set yourself up above and beyond everyone else so when we think about grain you know, you want to have a relationship with your landowners. You want to have a relationship with your neighbors or your community. It goes back to the three parts um, that we talked about in the beginning of the episode. That's the experience piece. So your branding in regards to the experience your landowners may have could be, you know, do you send them a card around the holidays? Do you reach out and help them clean up side ditches or um, how do you leave the field at the end of the season? That is the overall experience that person is going to have with you in your operation. And that does set you apart. You know, today, finding land to rent is hard. (laughs) Prices continue to go up. Things continue to become more expensive. And really, we all want to do business with someone that we know, like, and trust. And Mm -hmm. so if your experience as it relates to your brand, is positive with the people in your community or those potential or current landowners, that's building your brand. So that's where it's important. Now, I don't think everyone needs to have a farm logo. It's 
fun and it's a good way to have some self-identification, but by no means is it required. Your branding is much more than just that brand markup, that brand identity. I think it's more important to focus on the experience side of it and even your goals and strategies. That's a little internal about who you want to be and where you're trying to go with your farm. The fun logo, colors, taglines, those pieces are definitely fun and supportive, but I wouldn't say it's an end-all be-all. So it almost sounds like you could almost equate branding to your reputation. Most definitely. And or- that may, and maybe farmers can, and can um, identify more with like the whole reputation piece rather than branding yourself. But I also, I mean, just hitting it ongoing and trying to um, grow your operation with having that relationship with that landowner and having, you know, a letter or something that looks, you know, that looks the same, mm-hmm. that's professional and just knowing that, okay, so-and-so can help me, you know, take care, like you said, take care of this ditch or whatever, or we know how they're going to take care of our land type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that is very important, especially for our young farmers to, to understand that piece of it as well. Yeah. Well, I think it's becoming more prevalent now with the younger farmers. I mean, an older farmer probably isn't thinking I need to go brand my farm because he's been doing it for how long? Is it really necessary? But uh, a younger farmer now, I think there's more of a, uh, what do I want to say, like a connection with the the consumer that needs Mm -hmm. to be made. And these people constantly want to know where everything's coming from. So the identification of which chicken breast you're going to buy, you're labeled Mm -hmm. at the store and all that kind of stuff. And I thought of a farm that I used to work for that they took hams during the holidays to all of the farm neighbors. Mm -hmm. So that way they made that relationship with them. So they weren't known as, you know, the, the stinky farm down the road or whatever. Like they, they wanted to have that relationship so that, you know, it was a, we're good for the community. We're good for you guys. Here you go. Thank you for, you know, putting up with our trucks going down, up and down the roads and things like that. And I mean, even I think that the farm that we, or the, the gentleman that we farm with, I think he takes, um, like a couple pounds of like ground burger to, uh, some neighbors and landlords. I'm not exactly sure if he does, but I mean, it's just like a, a thought of, you know, sometimes that branding is a gesture. Yeah. Declaring who you are. McCracken Co. We cut our teeth on some, of. Uh, those types of communications. We don't do it today um, outside of when I'm helping my family farm, but we made brochures that a farmer knew to an area was passing out to neighbors, landowners, potential landowners. And in that brochure, it declared what he stood for. He talked about how sustainability and soil health was important to him. He talked about the extra mile he goes to mow ditches and keep the roads clean and Um, just take general care of the land. And it was all laid out in this nice little piece so he could hand it, have a conversation with someone, and then leave them with um, a piece that someone could reflect on or call them back later. Education. Well, and I just mm-hmm. think that's that is just so important, especially with how competitive it can be to um, with cash rental prices right now. You know, if you have something like that, you may not have the highest cash rent. And they may choose to go with you rather than the person who's going to pay the higher cash rent because they know what you stand for. They know exactly what they're going to get with that personal brand. So 
Yeah. That's, so we can easily get lost in the flashiness of branding with a logo or social media or fancy colors, but it really ultimately comes down to your reputation, who you are and what you stand for. That experience piece, I think, is very, very, very key compared to everything else. And I think that is forgotten. And we forget about that with, like you said, like with the other brands, we think of just the logos and the jingles and all of that. But yeah, that's that experience piece is very, very key. Now, if someone is interested in kind of taking their brand to the next level and they do want to start a website or social media or put together a logo, one important thing for them to think about is why they want to do it. You know, there are people who have social media accounts for landowners to know who they are. So they are sharing content on social media that is um, maybe more agriculture focused. And so, you know, talking about, hey, we're getting ready to plant or, you know, this is going on in the field. Other people have social media accounts that are more consumer focused. And so they want to be out there saying, hey, this is what we're doing in more simple terms, something that's relatable to a consumer. And so that, again, all goes back to your branding. There's different tactics and strategies there. But if social media is a channel that you want to use, it is a wonderful way to elevate your brand and to really get your message out to other company or other people. So what social media platform is the best platform for farmers? <laughs> so it depends on what your goals are, and it depends on who you are. Um, well, a lot of days, or a lot of things these days, they're all linked together. Like, yeah, they can Instagram be. and Facebook, if you post something on one, it's going to the other two. <laughs> yeah, so Instagram is going to allow you to be very visual. There tends to be just by a little bit more of a female audience on Instagram, but it is a great way to share photos and videos about what you're doing. So it can be a really powerful platform there. Twitter is super active in agriculture, but there's little pockets. So there's like the agriculture technology part of Twitter. There's a sustainability part of agriculture Twitter. And there's just kind of the general merchandising agronomy side of things. Definitely can still be a productive tool if you're looking to do consumer outreach within your farm or just general landowner management. But I more see kind of farmer-to-farmer interactions being on LinkedIn. Then Facebook is always just going to be a nice way to get your story out. I know some people think Facebook is dead. It's not. Whether you like it or not, there's still billions of users every single day. Um, And Facebook allows you to bring in photos and images and also link out to articles or other websites if you want to drive additional traffic somewhere. So with that being said, with all of the social media platforms that any of you farmers can be on, What is some tips that farmers can take away um, from branding and either start a social media page or start a website or just start on that experience? Like what is one thing that they could just go and do today? Well, I think of the, this is going to go back to English class, but the five W's, mm-hmm. uh, who, what, where, when, and why <laughs> is what comes to mind. Exactly. Figure out why you want to be on these channels. What do you want to be communicating? 
And just like in farming, you could do everything, but we're becoming a society where we kind of niche down and maybe you're more focused on one species or um, row crops versus specialty crops. With social media, you need to figure out what that why is, who you're trying to communicate to, um, what messages you want to be sharing with them, and then start doing it. Luckily, with everything digitally, you can change it. If you decide, hey, I no longer want to talk to landowners, maybe I want to take a more consumer approach, you can do that, but recognize you're going to attract the people that you're trying to talk to. And so first, you really want to make that decision about um, what type of message you want to share and what you want, what type of results you want from those messages. And then overall, if someone is thinking about building a brand or starting their brand, back to what you just said, Brenna, about the who, what, where, when, and why, really take a moment to understand who you want to be and why you want to be that type of farmer operation. You know, do you want to be known for sustainability? Do you want to be known for, um, you know, the best prices and the best cash rent? Make those visions, goals, um, mission statements. You can kind of get caught up in fancier terms. Sometimes I think it's just getting out a notebook and really saying, what are we going to stand for? Um, That would be the first step I encourage everyone to take when they want to improve their brand identity. Understand who you are and make sure you're acting in alignment to that. And then the other pieces will continue to fall into place. Okay. So with figuring out what you want to do, um, you know, the five W's, would people, I guess, and I know this goes back to goals, but are videos, pictures, words, like how do you integrate all of that into your, to your brand? Like, I guess, you know, like what type or how much? I mean, I know that kind of depends, but what is, what is one thing too on that that is going to draw more people in? People love to see and experience things. They like to see and experience things. I think in agriculture, I know I've always taken for granted walking in a pig barn. It's kind of work. (laughs) It kind of smells a little bit. It's something we've seen a million times over. But for someone who's not grown up on a hog barn, it's been so neat to watch friends light up when they walk into that farrowing barn for the first time and see the piglets and just now understand or now see a little bit more into, you know, what it takes to get that um, into the grocery store or onto their plate. And so I encourage people to take tons of pictures, tons of videos, and let people truly see what you're talking about. You know, that saying, a picture's worth a thousand words. I think a video is worth a million words because you can really see and experience things. I think the only thing that would help agriculture, or maybe it would hurt us, I guess, would be like smell-o-vision. So you can really <laughs> smell, um, you know, that fresh cut hay or some of those other fun they smells. Make <laughs> That now. It's, that's the good stuff. It's the bad stuff. Yeah. The manure part of things, um, that's the part I'm okay that is across the road and not so close to our um, house anymore. But take those pictures and videos and just start sharing them, explaining what you do. Remember to talk in simple terms. Um, we are so quick to throw out jargon. And even as a marketing specialist, I have to catch myself to make sure I am not saying um, something that is just not common knowledge for other people. So try to be simple, try to be clear. And everyone is out there enjoying life. 
we don't go on social media to be educated. We don't go on social media to be scolded. We go on there to have enjoyment. And so if you can share content that is enjoying, is interesting, is inviting, you're going to get great engagement. Yeah, I always forget to have my phone when uh, my my daughter's almost two and she always wants to go see the pig pigs and at, at our hog barn and just her just her pure excitement when she yeah. gets to see you know we have we have gilts in our barn right now but when she gets to see the mama pigs you know I just completely forget about that where mm-hmm. you know I think people would probably just light I mean all those cute kid videos you know everybody loves yeah. but it's just you take you do take those moments for granted that people don't realize where mm-hmm. that's just that is everyday life for us I always think about pulling my phone out after the fact yeah like, oh that yeah. would have been a great picture to take like yeah can we yeah. reenact it Nope, nope. Moments <laughs> the things have. that we deal with do not allow us for that. Yeah. But. but if you can set a goal of like posting once a week or encouraging yourself to take one photo a day, and maybe you don't always post that photo, but at least you have it in your device to be able to share later, those are great starting zones to kind of get you in a rhythm of sharing content more consistently. I forget what I've already posted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can go back but when you're, you're yeah. oh, that's a good picture. Uh, I put it up there like four weeks ago. Whoops. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Same but picture, different message. Correct. <laughs> Throw a kid or a baby animal or mm-hmm. a puppy or a cat in there and everybody loves it. <laughs> yeah. Some cat new- videos. <laughs> no. <laughs> the new puppy videos? Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, as, you know, with these platforms, there's a lot of tracking that goes on with the data that can come in from them. Like you had mentioned the the number of women or men looking at something or being on a specific platform and the engagement of everything. Okay, I have a farm page. I get all that kind of stuff. How do you know when it's like that's – I mean, obviously, the more the is better. I get that, but, like, is it being effective enough or not? We always talk about social media metrics and the numbers – unfortunately, many times are just vanity numbers. You can sometimes get a post that has 100 people look at it. Sometimes you'll get a post that 1,000 people look at it. And it's hard to decide what is good or what is worth your time. That's why it's important for us to always go back to the why are we doing this? Are we doing it to have a conversation with the consumer? Then if you have someone comment on the post, we probably can consider that a worthwhile effort. If you're looking for engagements with other farmers, you know, do we have to really set a metric on, oh, I hope at least 100 people see it, or I hope at least 1,000 people see it? If you really focus on why you're doing it and telling your story or focus more on the purpose behind the content, those numbers will just come. But if you turn it on the other side of the corn and if you turn it on the other side of the coin and focus too tightly on needing to hit certain number metrics, I think you're going to get burnt out and focused on the point of it or the so fun don't of it. don't think too much into any of that stuff. I wouldn't because it is really hard for some people. A hundred people looking at a post is amazing. And for other companies, a hundred views isn't very much. It's all relative to what goals you're after and what your reach is. So I encourage people to don't even look at that. Really focus on the why you're doing it and the engagement. I know it's oh, not the shucks. fun answer. I had 10,000 on one photo for calves to get sold. And That's I was awesome. like, I couldn't believe it. But 
it's not important. Shouldn't look at that. Yeah. <laughs> and so the analytic game and kind of how it's called the algorithm. And so the algorithm is how social media decides who sees what and when it's constantly changing and it's just kind of a rat race. And we see people who take off running and they have tons of engagement and then they just get burnt out. And so that's where if you focus more on the why you're doing it, you'll be in it for a longer run. And I think you just have to experiment a little bit too and just see mm-hmm. what's going to work, what's not going to work and what you're comfortable with too. And and like you said, go back to your why. Why are we doing this? And yeah, it's going to be a little uncomfortable in the beginning <laughs> for everybody. But if that's you mean your- just like hosting a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Year one, season one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just feel like it's one of those things where you just have to experiment a little bit and just see where things take you. And, and again, it's the experience that you're putting out there that we've, that we've talked about. A lot of people also consider building a farm website and there's tons of easy tools now to be able to build a website. There's squarespace.com, Wix, W-I-X, um, WordPress is a little more intense, a website Again, you want to make the decision about why you have that tool. So some people have a website if they have some direct consumer opportunity. So they want people to come on their websites to be able to make that sale. And so they're building more of an e-commerce website. Some people want to have a website just to hold their brand footprint online. So literally they just have a URL, they have a couple pages that explain who they are, what they do, and contact information. If you have, again, a reason behind your website, you define that why, that'll help you decide if you should build a website or not. With all of those tools, there does come a cost. Um, You know, there's going to be a hosting fee, um, a domain cost. So really to keep a website up and running, if you're doing everything yourself, is still going to take a couple hundred bucks a year. Social media, having those spaces online are free, but what type of time do you want to be investing to keep them up and running? So that's the other thing to think about when it comes to brand identity. What type of um, time investment do you want to make and what type of um, dollar investment do you want to make into it? So they're great pieces to have, but as we mentioned earlier, experience and kind of how people perceive you can really be handled face-to-face. We've talked about online social media type uh, platforms, obviously a website type platform. Are there others that most people wouldn't think about out there? So in general marketing or digital marketing, we think a lot about email marketing. And I'm sure all of us around this table and listening to this episode can roll our eyes about the number of emails we get. But email marketing is still really powerful. And so some people like to capture email lists with the people that they engage with and then reach out to them every once in a while to just give a general update. If you do email marketing, I highly encourage you to think about the frequency No one likes to be spammed every single day. You want to make sure you're sharing relevant information that people want to hear. So maybe as a farm, you're capturing all the email addresses of um, the people you engage with, your vendors, your landowners, and you reach out to them once a quarter, twice a year, maybe once a year, and kind of just update them on what happened the last three, six, or 12 months. That's another really powerful tool. Emails are going to go directly into someone's inbox. 
So it's a great, uh, great way for them to engage. Kind of on the flip side of that is a direct mailer. I've had farmers who write out a letter, kind of an update. I don't know if any of you guys used to do that with your Christmas cards, like a whole family <laughs> update. I have a friend, they still do it today, and they all live across the U.S. I love that letter when it comes in. My but. family does this. <laughs> we have a, we even have a Facebook page called the Davis Dirt. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's, all, it's private, obviously, yeah. but like... And it started because my, one of my aunts would put out a, a family newsletter. So she would call each sibling. Now, my mom's one of 14. So mm-hmm. they would get info from each sibling as to what's going on with everybody. And they would publish the Davis dirt <laughs> and send it out. So, like, That's uh, it's awesome. totally, I mean, That's every hilarious. time you mention something, I think of like, oh, my, my friend up in Wisconsin has a website and she's online every day. And she has a newsletter blast that she sends out email wise. Mm-hmm. And, I have another friend that started a kind of like a coaching type business and she's doing the same thing. And Mm -hmm. she's like the amount of like time and you mentioned it, how it's uncomfortable at the beginning, but the, the amount of effort that they've put in and how much they've put themselves personally out there is amazing. And I'm like, Oh, I could totally do that. And then I go to do it. Yep. Nope. Nope. (laughs) I really cannot. I can't do it to myself. Well, we all have different mediums that we like to engage in. Some people like to write more. Some people like to be up on camera. Um, some people want to take a moment to think about it. And so whether it's a recorded video or live video, it kind of takes different skills or different parts of your brain to process through that. I have a really hard time doing a live. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I like a live because you can't take it back. And people accept the rawness. They understand that you might fumble through it because there's no redoing it. It's live. You just have to go through it. We're all human. (laughs) Exactly. And honestly, back to sharing kind of fun, real photos, if they are too polished or staged, it's harder to relate to that. We are all humans, and we really want to have that true interactions with people we want to see someone with their hair kind of a mess we want to see oh, i got plenty of those yeah <laughs> <laughs> we just want to see what you really are like and what your day really is so if someone comes on and you know talks about how you know their monitor fired right up and they just took off planting there's going to be some people that look at them and kind of raise an eyebrow and say really you just put the planter in the field and it took off because when we do that, there's a couple of days where we curse out the monitor and we want to unplug it and we say, screw the GPS and, you know, XYZ doesn't work. all you want to do is hit it. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes sharing that real life experience is how people connect and understand and, again, build that relationship. Now, somebody in the ag world that has really in a, has really mastered it is millennial farmer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, you yeah. sit there talk about the monitor. Just the other day, he posted a video of him sitting at the edge of the field, and a sensor went out, and he could not even plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's like, I can't even move this tractor forward because a one sensor has gone wrong. It's the realness I think that people want to connect with, and they're like, Oh, I've been there before. You yeah. know that kind of. It's thing. just relatable. And exactly. They can relate mm-hmm. to it, and the same having the same. And he's one that's taken that educational piece into it. Like this is what we do and why we do it. And I think the general public outside of the egg world, mm-hmm. there is a major disconnect. And I think that's taking that opportunity to bring it all together and say, This is what we are doing, and this is why we do it, how we do it. And what benefit it is for everybody involved kind of thing. 
As a recap, um, there are three different things to our marketing here. Farm branding is doing um, the business, which is the vision and goals, the branding, the, the logo, and like the colors and things like that, and then the experience piece. And I think for farmers, one of the bigger things is just the whole experience. I think, you know, for, for any of our farmers that are um, with Ag Credit, I think the experience piece is a, is a big piece that that you guys are already doing. I think whether you like it or not, it's it, you have a brand and you can always change your brand. That's something to, to keep in mind. You can, there are several options that you can do. Um, I think the first step is just starting to figure out what you want to do and why you want to do it. Um, I know we hear that in all a lot of business um, podcasts or any education pieces from businesses. Figure out what your why is and, and just kind of run with it. Um, so we want to thank Stacy for being with us today. Um, she is a podcast professional, so she, I think, made us sound a little bit better today, Brenna, don't you think? I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. As you said, branding is a part of everyone, whether you recognize it or not. And I think the biggest point you said there about you have the power to change your brand is something we all need to remember. So if there's something that you wish was a little bit different, you can take those steps to change and improve in the future. That's really powerful. Yeah, and make impact however however you want to make impact, whether it's with, uh, like Stacy said, your landowners or consumers, you have the chance to make real impact. If you guys enjoyed this episode, let us know by leaving a review. That helps other, um, other people find us. And we thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time on Ag Credit Set It. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Set It. Want to talk ag in between episodes? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AgCredit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net. And be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Catch you next time.